Here we go, another Locked On 49ers live podcast. Can the 49ers continue to be road dogs here throughout the playoffs? Up next are those Green Bay Packers, Jimmy Garoppolo, sprained shoulder, an ankle for Fred Warner, concussion protocol for Nick Boza, important injuries there, the latest updates, and uh, what about some cheap shots that the Dallas Cowboys were taking on 49ers players after the whistle? All that and deep into the chat on this live edition of Locked On 49ers coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers live edition. Thanks to everybody who's showing up in the chat. I see a ton of you jumping on live with us right now. Uh, we went a little early. We we're supposed to wait until this Monday Night Football game was over, but really it's kind of a garbage game at this point. We know what's going to happen. We know what the score is. We know who the opponents will be in the matchups will be now in the divisional round. It will be the Rams. I don't know what the final score will be, but it will be the Rams advancing over the Arizona Cardinals. So 49ers and Packers, Bengals at Titans. The Rams at Buccaneers and the Bills at Chiefs. Some tasty, tasty matchups in the divisional round. Um, Croc, I got to start with uh, the short week because 49ers are going to Green Bay Saturday. A couple of pretty big injuries. When your best pass rusher, all-pro Fred, who you just re-upped this this offseason, and your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, all in the injury report, that's not ideal. Although... Kyle Shanahan sounding pretty optimistic, so hopefully that does pan out and all those guys are ready to play because those are impact players. Like You you don't want to lose any of those guys, and it's a short week, so one less day to get ready Saturday. You you need those guys for sure, and the one that really sticks out because they said they expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be practicing Wednesday. We all know, you know, with the COVID protocols and things like that, guys, you know, they eventually they'll get cleared. I don't think Nick Bosa really has to practice to to prepare for this game, but Fred Warner, that's the one that kind of worries me. I see someone in the chat guy, uh, the Newt says, uh, Fred Warner tweeted out that he's going to be good for the game. But my kind of rule of thumb, when you have an ankle injury and you leave the game and don't return, first thing that comes to my head is high ankle sprain. That's the first thing. Because typically, if you just roll your ankle, you tape it up, you finish the game, it swells up after the game, and then you do your little rehab, icing, and all that type of stuff. To leave and not come back, you, it, that's typically not just a regular – Oh, I rolled my ankle. So that's the one I'll be keeping an eye on probably the most, even more so than Jimmy Garoppolo and his uh, shoulder sprain. God, the way he – and it was so back-to-back with the Jimmy Garoppolo interception with Fred Warner on the ground, and he looked in so much pain, and it was, oh, no, is this how this is going to go down now for the 49ers? Fred on Twitter today saying, sorry for the scare yesterday, everyone. I appreciate everyone showing love and support for me and the fellas. We'll be good to go. Huge win on to the next and uh, Kyle Shanahan did say that luckily they feared it was that high ankle sprain, and it turns out uh, they got good news there on Fred Warner's ankle. So all that uh, looking positive right now. He didn't sound too worried about concussion protocol. I saw in the chat here someone said it, it sounds more like a stiff neck than a concussion thing for Nick Bosa. So hopefully that is the case, and he'll be okay. Although uh, you know necks are scary as well. So you know knocking on wood for all those guys to be ready because that is huge and that is really important. Kyle Shanahan, at least to start the week, pretty optimistic. But again, it's a short week and going to Lambeau, and it's going to be physical again. Croc, can the 49ers continue to keep this up, this uh, road warrior, this road underdog mentality? And they just went out and brutalized two teams on the road, one to get into the playoffs and one in the first round of the playoffs where you're, you're you know, if, if you're looking at a scorecard, these were these were 
uh, borderline knockout sort of uh, boxing matches. If you're using the the boxing terminology, they were they were unanimous wins on everybody's scorecard the last two weeks on the road. Can the 49ers keep that going in Green Bay? I see. I, I don't know if the Rams one was unanimous. Obviously, we know what the result was, but that was kind of a 12-round fight. Really, both of them were like 12-round fights, right? And those are those are exhausting. If you watch, you know, the heavy, the heavyweight guys, they start to get towards that 11th, 12th round. They start to, you know, it, it's kind of hard to fire on all cylinders. And and both of these games took everything. Uh, I, I don't want to say it took everything out of 49ers, but you know, to be able to have to have those games back to back and then turn around short week and have to go to Lambeau Field, which I was considering going to it. I said I was going to go. I mean, I'm feeling like the lucky charm. I went to the last couple of games and I looked at the weather. <laughs> I said, oh, no, it's like <laughs> seven degrees, six degrees, snow. Like, eh, that's not really a crocky elements. So uh, y'all might you know not what it see is? me. Seven degrees is run the stinking football elements, right? Like that's. I think that it's, helps. It is 49 more than the Packers. I don't know if it's good for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and bad thumb, bad shoulder now, and, and him chucking the ball around. But if you can, if if you can run the ball on the Packers, which was, I mean, we, we already know what the mo is. We we know what the game plan is going to be for the 49ers, and they're going to try to do that, and they're going to try to blow them off the football. Can they do it in seven degree weather? Um, you know, arm wise, it's a little bit tougher. We saw that with Bills and Patriots in, in very similar weather. I think it was seven five five to seven degrees in that one, and it was such a clear difference seeing Josh Allen throw the ball with the bigger arm, seeing Mac Jones throw the ball. So in that regard, the Packers would obviously have the advantage in in quarterback arm strength with Aaron Rodgers yeah you know one, one thing I, I've noticed if you ask quarterbacks I think they'd rather play like in cold or snow as opposed to the you know like rain and those type of elements so as long as it's not windy but it's just like oh man it's just really cold I think guys can kind of play through that I want to go actually to the Twitter mailbag I'm going to get deep into the the chat here on the YouTube live as well but my boy Kruger wanted to ask you, Croc. He said, before I listen to the Monday podcast, is Croc going to jam up his boy who kept yapping about how superior Lamb is to Ayuk? Show him that stat sheet from yesterday, and B.A. would have had 40 to 75 more yards, maybe a TD, had Jimmy Garoppolo not missed him, nakedly open late in the third quarter. Listen, trust me. They heard me loud and clear. I would show you my, my messages right now in the group chat for, about that, but it's a little explicit. Right, a little X-rated yeah, uh, when okay. it comes to the to, to the language. But definitely they heard all about that. Uh, C.D. Lamb having one catch. He did have one earlier in the game that got called back uh, because of an, uh, a penalty on like their offensive line or whatever. But one catch, 21 yards. Like, And Ayuk, yeah, the damage should have been much worse. If you had to choose either Bosa or Warner and one of them – Guaranteed to play next week. One's guaranteed to not play next week. Which one would you choose? Uh, Bosa. Look to play. Yeah, you yeah. got to get after. You got to get after. <laughs> you got to. You got to pressure the quarterback. I mean, I like. I think our linebackers are playing good. I mean, with or without Fred Warner, uh, Aziz Al Shair. Like, you know, I don't want to diminish Fred Warner's role in this team and how well he plays. But I mean, shoot, Greenlaw's flying around. He's hitting guys. He's stuffing uh, runs. You got Al Shair. He's done a terrific job. So. Yeah, you gotta lose one of the two if you have to. Like, uh, give me, give me Bosa. Alex says the Cowboys fans are so delusional. We got to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys, their team, 
um, and maybe a little bit about their fans as well. They were fighting each other after the game in the uh, in the parking lot. I saw a ton of stuff <laughs> saw crying on, uh, on 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 the telecast showing different fans. They were in a bad way in uh, in Dallas on Sunday. Let's get to that. And and I think the players were in a bad way as well, playing a little bit after the whistle. I think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and the 49ers are probably sending the league office some tape to review about some cheap shots that the Dallas Cowboys took. We'll get into that next, get deep into the chat here as we talk about the 49ers and going on the road to continue this playoff run next. And if you want to make a little cash on the 49ers playoff run, I made a little cash. I had a really good feeling about that matchup against the Dallas Cowboys getting points. You can get even more points this week against the Green Bay Packers. I think the line is still five and a half at betonline.ag. And BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue this roll through the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot. For all the best sports wagering action for 2022, new year and a new updated desktop or mobile website that can uh, help you sign up and get your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. Just use that promo code locked on to get started and get that first deposit bonus. And not only football at bet online, you can bet on base basketball, hockey. Hopefully there is a baseball season at some point in 2022 with the lockout boxing UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games as well. Poker blackjack. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022 bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. Cheap shots, croc, multiple cheap shots. I saw the Randy Gregory punch to the back in the back of the neck or the back of the head to Debo Samuel. And that was the one that one jumped out to me live. And when you see the all 22, uh, there's some videos floating around of that today. It's even more obvious. You, you see Debo uh, Samuel got up. I mean, they're, they're, I remember watching yeah. it live and I was, you know, I was in that standing area and I asked, I said, did y'all see that? And they're like, well, I'm like, God, just punched Debo in the back of the head. And they're like, no, and then the, you can see it on the jumbo trying to see the replay. And they were like, oh my gosh. And Debo got up like, what the heck? Nobody saw that. <laughs> yeah, who was that? And it was came from behind, so we didn't really know. And there, I think it was Alex Mack, maybe one of the offensive linemen right there. I thought there was going to be a tussle, but the offensive lineman's like, oh, whatever. Because uh, <laughs> Debo, Debo's uh, thigh pad was coming out of his pants. And I, I've noticed that the last couple of games when he's getting used heavily as a running back, he's pretty gassed. I'm thinking, man, he's only got 10 carries and three catches. Um, Elijah Mitchell's got 27 carries. Why does Debo look so <laughs> tired and sitting on the sideline? And I'm like, oh yeah. And he's also like running go routes and you know running posts and show me stuff. Maybe not getting targeted on some of these plays, playing a full game. And dudes are taking cheap cheap shots on him in the pile. That's why he's so stinking tired. It, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, Kyle, uh, I'm sure was not happy to see those things later on film if he didn't notice them during the game. And I'm sure the league office is getting some videos sent their way. And it wasn't just the Debo cheap shot. There was a, a full on punch thrown by it was 11 on 11. It was uh, Brandon Ayuk and Parsons. Parsons Parsons at well after the play in front of the ref, no flags thrown. Cowboys fans are completely delusional, mad about the refs in that game. There's numerous personal fouls from an undisciplined and really just angry, getting beaten, didn't know what to do, just grasping at whatever they could Cowboys team because they were getting beat up. So they're throwing punches after the play because they couldn't get anything done during the play. You know what I think it was? And did you talk about the one where Alex Mack got pushed in the back? Did you talk about no, that? No, I forgot about that one too. Yeah, Alex Mack completely pushed in the back after the play, well after the play. And the right in front of the ref. Yeah. The, re the ref just watched him like hit the ground and <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, uh, but 
there was so much talk about the 49ers being the bullies and being the more physical team. And I wonder if the Dallas Cowboy players were so amped up and they wanted to show like, well, we're not going to be pushed around. So they did all this cheap stuff after the play, not knowing when people say the 49ers are like bullies and physical team, it's within the, the whistles, right? When the ball is snapped and until that whistle blows, you know, we don't see 49ers getting and, and have issues after the snap. So Dallas Cowboys, extremely undisciplined team and un being undisciplined. It's not just the false start jumping off sides. What we saw from them plenty in that game, but it's every aspect of what you do. So it's from the guys jumping off sides when they shouldn't be doing it. Uh, guys tackling offensive line. Like when's the last time you've seen holding get called on defensive lineman twice in a game, let yeah. alone once. I mean, you rarely see it once it was called twice, but it's because you're very undisciplined, the cheap shots after the play. And then the debacle at the end of the game, fumbling the snap and they think that they can cheat, you know, the refs by, you know, moving the ball up three more yards and where it should be. And, and they're fumbling with it. And the ref has to, and then, you know, like just, it was you a mess. It's ball. a mess. Like and, and that's on that. them. Yeah. That's the on them. Has to spot the ball. There's, there's no getting around it. There's no uh, blaming the refs on that one. They got beat up. And I bet you anything, the reason there was some of those cheap shots after the plays, because the coaches were chewing their asses out. They were telling them they were challenging their manhood. They're saying, you guys are getting the crap kicked out of you go do something about it. And so they couldn't do anything about it during the play. So they're taking swings after the whistle because they were getting their asses beat really. And that's what it boiled down to. And the, the last play, everybody knows you can't spot the ball yourself. Even if you spotted it in the wrong place, it doesn't matter. You can't spot it period, even if they put it in the right place. So yeah, the Cowboys have nobody to blame but themselves, uh, fans, Cowboys fans and, and Cowboys players pointing at the refs. And, you know, I know Dak was upset after the game and he's usually a pretty stand up guy, but that was pretty lame what he said after yeah. the game hey, talking on, about man. for them with uh, with people throwing stuff onto the field at the refs as they were running off the field. It's, you know, it's, it, the, the Cowboys have nobody to blame but themselves. And, and that's why when you can't take accountability for how you play, that that's why you lose. You know, you you were behind. You're down twenty three to seven. You know, luckily, shoot, you're just lucky to be in that game. You know, to to blame the refs when you never had a lead the entire time. You got outplayed. You got outcoached by really what essentially was the better team on the field. Did was that a that that was for sure a designed quarterback run, right? A quarterback draw, or did Dak take off? himself did because I, I didn't hear any of the, the post-game stuff from the cowboys was that designed or, or did dak do that because either way it was terrible decision like what are you doing with 14 <laughs> seconds left and no timeouts running a, a, a long developing play that takes you to the middle of the field it's crazy yeah uh i don't know <laughs> I, I think it was by i don't think it was by design i think that's something that he knows is potentially an option if you have a team that's taking away out of bounds which the 49ers Finally did. It took them long enough, but they finally went to, okay, we're going to take away these, the outside, the uh, out of bounds. And he just took off because that's the empty area. He got as many yards as he could. He maybe should have slid about five yards sooner. Seen in the chat that they're saying that maybe uh, they, they said it was designed. McCarthy said it was designed after the game. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it was something that's built into that play and, and it was still on Dak yeah. for, for taking that option. But um, yeah, either way, if it was Dak or if it was McCarthy, just a terrible call. What are you doing? Like, at least have, give yourself a shot to throw the ball into the end zone. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot of times in the NFL, you have multiple options off of, you know, depending on the look that you're getting. So you see the 49ers get to the line of scrimmage and you see everybody start pointing to their head. You know, they're either flipping their play or they're going to something else. And we saw that when, you know, with the hardball years where they said, let it roll, let it roll. You used to hear Kaepernick or Alex Smith say that, 
So, um, yeah, a lot of times you have these different options that are built in based on the look of the defense. Packers, Cowboys, like this is crazy. Then if the 49ers roll through the Green Bay Packers and the Buccaneers beat the Rams, now you've got the the battle of former New England Patriots quarterbacks, Jimmy G versus uh, versus Tom Brady, right? Like it's just – it's too perfect of a of a path for the 49ers, but it's going to be so darn difficult. I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want 49ers fans out there that are listening to this podcast get their hopes up because it's it's such a long shot that the 49ers can do this. But I can tell you this. There's no team in the NFC right now that wants to see the 49ers, right? And I would be willing to bet that every team's last choice to be facing next week is probably the 49ers. And it's, the, it's because of the way that they play, you know, just with that physicality. And everybody says, like, oh, yeah, we want to be fast. We want to be physical. But not everybody plays like that. And the 49ers, like, that's truly their identity with how they fly around, with how they run the ball. You know, going up to Green Bay, I actually believe heading into this game that Green Bay is – and everybody knows this. NFL is all about matchups. I think that's a better matchup for the 49ers. Not saying they're going to win, but playing Green Bay is a better matchup based on how the teams are built. And you know, as opposed to the Dallas Cowboys, I thought the Dallas Cowboys posed more challenges really all the way around with how the 49ers play, how they win, where their weaknesses are. Same with the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think Green Bay, I, I like the 49ers' chances more than Dallas, and that's kind of saying something. Another home game at SoFi before the Super Bowl at SoFi in the NFC Championship. I, I feel like you got to be rooting for the Rams, seeing how the Buccaneers crushed the the eagles this week i feel like the run defense for the for the buccaneers is something that maybe the 49ers would rather not face so what do you think about that one rams or buccaneers who who should 49ers fans be rooting for there next week i you know i I can't even believe i'm saying this but i I think you want to play tampa and i i never want to play Tom Brady. I mean, I just think he's just, you know, obviously so amazing and he's been there. He's done that and all the situations, but they're kind of wounded a little bit. You know, they, they're, their running back situation is really weird right now. I don't, I watched the last game. I didn't see uh, Leonard Fournette. I didn't see Ronald Jones. I think I saw some guy named Vaughn and Bernard. And then you look at the receivers, they're missing uh, Godwin. There's no AB, uh, you know, defensively they're wounded in the secondary Right now, it's all about Tom Brady and, and just him being as great as he is. So, but I think from top to bottom, and how you know, again, matchups. I like the 49ers matchup against Tampa right now with that way that roster is right now more so than the LA Rams because I get it. 49ers they they they've had their number, but they do have explosive players. They do have weapons. They do have elite players on both sides of the ball that I feel like you know change the the way the game is the game is going more so than what the Bucks have aside from. Tom Brady being that quarterback. Yeah, and it is difficult to beat a team three times in a row in a season. I get that angle, but, man, I, I'd be more scared of Tom Brady than Matthew Stafford. Um, maybe the 49ers did the Rams a favor by beating them last week, and and they sort of righted their ship against the Cardinals because they blew the Cardinals. The Cardinals looked awful. How bad was Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Like, <laughs> At some point, you got to start firing people for how bad that was. That was one of the worst playoff performances I've ever seen. I, I tweeted out, and I meant it, too. I said – <laughs> he keep playing like this. He's going to be playing for the uh, center field for the Stockton Ports. <laughs> you know, because he was drafted by the A's. Their yeah. farm league teams is the Stockton Ports. I was expecting him to see him in Stockton until he 
ended up entering the NFL draft, but it doesn't look good. And he looks lost. That's the thing. Like there, he just looks so lost. He's he's quick to escape out the pocket. He's he thinks everything has to be on the run. He's playing so much backyard football. I, I can't imagine that's the way that this offense is designed. And I feel like their offense is it's spread out with simple reads to get the ball out of your hands now. And he's just not doing it. I don't know if he's because he's so short, he can't see over the line, but gosh, that air raid thing, like our guy BSC says, it's just it's not working right now. Not working at all. They're in uh, our colleague Alex Clancy, one of the co-hosts of Locked On Cardinals. He's been calling for Cliff Kingsbury's job for a while. It's hard to fire a coach who takes you to the playoffs, and and they were the one seed at one point. But man, the second half of the season they've looked bad. I know they beat the 49ers a couple times, and once with Colt McCoy, but that was one of the worst performances I've seen in a while, and one of the worst plays I've seen in a while with uh, Kyler Murray trying to avoid the safety and throwing the pick six. I mean, that's that's classic blooper real stuff. That, that is that is as bad as it gets for a playoff quarterback in a playoff team. Yep. All right, we've got to move on. I want to get into the chat, so get your questions ready for the third segment here. Uh, Croc, do you want to go a little overtime on the on the YouTube live? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I got yeah. my hot chocolate. I'm, I'm ready okay. to go. Okay, good. Yeah, I got my tea here. Trying to trying to warm up my insides from my ski trip. Croc's not going to Green Bay. Some Some folks in the chat are angry about that. Uh, next segment, let's get into those chat questions. And then we'll finish up this episode. But I want to tell the folks out there about TurboTax Live. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo or uh, renting it out, maybe getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. Well, for TurboTax Live experts, even greater refund luckily turbotax live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer let's say you are a podcast mogul like eric crocker and you've got some unique taxes you can go to turbotax live and they can hook you up with an expert to figure all of that out so visit turbotax.com to learn more you do your thing they've got your taxes into it turbotax live Jimmy. I'm, I might need to holler at them because I, I think last yeah. month, last last two months, I've made like over $13,000 just off the streaming stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I'll, I know I'm going to get hit with the taxes. <laughs> yeah, make sure you do it right, Crocky. Make sure yeah. you do it right, Crocky. Uh, Jimmy G, if Jimmy's thumb and shoulder knock him out of the game Sunday, how does trade you? I think he does well because it was, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo in the second half, would he complete five out of, Something like it wasn't a good second half. So if he got hurt, that wasn't a game where they needed Jimmy Garoppolo after halftime, right? Like, what did he do second half to contribute to a win? The first half, he got out. I mean, boom, 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 clicking all cylinders, pushed the ball downfield right away. Awesome. Second half, I think that was something where Trey Lance could have played in. Unless he would have thrown multiple interceptions, I think the results would have been the same. And that's what I question again. It was at the shoulder. Because he heard it in the second quarter, and all of a sudden, after the shoulder injury, maybe it didn't look as good. And he's tough; mm. he's gonna play through it. But uh, you know, and, and Kyle, I mean, guys, a, a, a sprain, what, a grade three sprain in his thumb or whatever, basically a torn thumb ligament, and now a, a sprained shoulder on on his throwing arm. That can't be good going into seven degree weather. So a little bit worried. I think that that definitely hits on the worry meter for me, even though Kyle Shanahan said it's fine. He's going to be playing Wednesday and, and maybe he'll be all numbed up and not feeling anything next Saturday. But that, that worries me a little bit. 
he would have we've already seen he but his arm would have to not work saturday morning for trey lance to play period well i think when you look at the way this week is constructed especially like you said on a short week everybody just thinks like oh okay you have less time to prepare but it's not just prepare it's you have less time to prepare you have less time to rehab you know even on top of that it's even a day less because it's a road game so you know typically you fly out saturday morning or whatever and you're there you know you're ready for the game like now you you, you play that day so you not only get a day taken away but you also have your travel day as well that and that takes away time to be able to rehab you can't rehab and do things while you're flying on the plane and then you have to get settled in somewhere else do you have all the resources that you would have if you were at home playing at levi stadium i think that's what makes it a little bit tough on guys that that have some of these uh injuries going on with the 49ers roberto wants to know croc do you think they let amber thomas go one-on-one with Devontae Adams or give him a little bit of help. I think we're going to see a lot of zone against the Packers, although Aaron Rodgers is good at carving up those zone defenses. So we'll see. Maybe just some multiple stuff. Try to confuse him a little bit. Uh, You don't leave anybody one-on-one with Devontae Adams because you're just asking to beat, right? Yeah, well, this is one of those games where I'm going to have to just tell everybody, like, listen, he beats everybody. So, yeah. you know, when he starts kind of cooking a little bit, don't don't think that it's just exclusive to the 49ers getting that butt whooping. I mean, Adams, here's the tough thing. I don't know what you do. The only thing you can really do is pressure Aaron Rodgers and maybe move him off of his spot so he can't throw in rhythm. But when he throws the ball to Devontae Adams, I watch games and I'm just like, I don't know what you do. Like, you can be in perfect position. You can kind of be, okay, I'm going with him, and I'm reading him down. And then A-Rod just throws, like, the most perfect back shoulder throw. And there is nothing you can do about it as a cornerback. Nothing. You almost have to get lucky and and hope that I, – I, I really don't know. I don't know what you do. It's tough. So, it's really, does he go one-on-one with A-Rod, man? I mean, with Devontae Adams. <laughs> Maybe you try to run more cover, too. I, I have no idea. You know what you do is you keep him off the sinking field. You run it on offense, you play keep away, you make them one-dimensional to have to play from behind. We've seen the recipe numerous times for the 49ers. The game script helps them so much, maybe more than any team in the NFL. Saw it against the Cowboys, saw it in 2019 against those Packers. That's what you got to do. You got to get the scoreboard in your favor. You've got to get um, you've got to keep the defense off the field as much as possible against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And you got to keep uh, moving the chains, running the ball, converting on those third downs. I mean, that's the recipe. It's no secret at this point what the 49ers have to do. Croc, what do you think? A live post game from a game, you and me. We have not been to a game together ever. I have not. Alex wants to see it. It's hard. I'm, I will say this it's hard to pod legitimately from anywhere other than my pod studio. That's one of the more difficult things about it because um, we're not going to just roll with phone audio. We might, you know, we, we could do a short little thing like that. But to be honest, if Croc and I are both at the game, uh, unless we've got a place to pod after to go somewhere, the uh, it makes it more difficult to do a podcast, actually. So I don't know if you want that. Right. Right. And you got all kind of different stuff with your setup and everything. And, uh, you know, the little thing where they got the little voices and all that. And <laughs> so he has all kind of cool stuff. Look at that. He got a soundboard. And Eric Crocker, always around the football at that time, made a great catch. <laughs> See, I, I, can't I don't have that, that stuff. So. Can't believe I'm going to Alex too much. Alex says, can't believe Shanahan didn't uh, think of using Debo's running back earlier in the season. Juice was starting running back versus the Packers in week three. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy because and, and Mike McDaniel talked about this. They were learning as the season went on what they were able to do with them. And I think they were as surprised as as we were watching Debo work as a true running back. And they're like, wait a second, this guy's legitimately a real, real running back, and we can use him like that, not just this gadgety guy, not just sweeps and end rounds and things like that. We can put him in the backfield, hand it to him, and he can run real ass running back plays like that's it's pretty yeah. amazing and i think they learned that as the season went on too i don't think they I, they knew he was good with the ball in his hands but they didn't know that and uh none of us knew that it's pretty amazing the level that debo samuel has taken this thing yeah it's uh he, he's just very unique with his skill set and you know again i talked about you know uh him being a generational talent and like well, what is that right I think it's just when it's somebody that's super unique and super productive and you can't find anybody like that. I think when it comes to him again, like I believe you said it, there's going to be teams that try to, you know, find a Debo clone, but they might not be Debo. Did you see that on that? I, I posted the clip where he took off on the touchdown run, just the acceleration to blow by two guys. Like that's unique to be able to do that at 5'11", like 220 pounds and be able to be that fast. He is fast and that explosive. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's just so unique. Yeah, it's not even so much top speed. It's just that burst, that explosive burst, that quick twitch fiber that he has is crazy. When he hits it, he can hit it, and he softens the edge just perfect, and he's got vision to find where he needs to go, and then he's got power to run through. He's the 49ers' heaviest running back when he's playing running back at 220 pounds. So he's legitimately <laughs> got that skill. And, uh, you know, when you extrapolate, and look, I know his efficiency would go down. Uh, you read the stat for uh, for Monday's podcast uh, earlier about, um, you know, it would be what, 2,100 yards and 43 touchdowns if he was a full-time running back and had Jonathan Taylor's usage. Obviously, that that uh, that efficiency would go down, but I I legitimately believe that Debo Samuel would be, at the very least, a top-five running back and maybe literally the best running back in the NFL if he was used that way full-time, if he was able to. And look, it's, it's the playoffs now, so use them as much as you need to, wherever you need to, over the course of a long season. Eh, maybe maybe use the running back stuff only when you have to because the, the 49ers have some other pretty good running backs too, namely Elijah Mitchell, who's doing some pretty good things. So you don't have to have to use Debo all the time as a running back. Just use it when right. you need to. We have a lot of people um, in the chat asking about the weather and how the 49ers deal with that. Uh, it's a high of 21 degrees. It looks like snow uh, coming in. And I think by the time they play, because it'd be like eight at night, it won't be a high of 21. It'll be probably a lot colder than that. Mm -hmm. So once that sun starts going down, it's going to be a little crisp. And I dealt with that when I was out in Minnesota last weekend uh, before I went out over to Dallas. And, I mean, it was blistering cold out there as well. It was like four degrees. I was like, man, what is this? I don't know how you're playing that. I don't know either. Tyler says to prep for the cold, you have the players go sit in the cold surf in the bay. And, yeah, the bay water is pretty darn cold. So that, that would be that would be one way to do it. Yeah, I don't know. What do you do? Do you do you not let the players do you practice at night all week and not let the players wear long sleeves or something like that just to get a little get them a little bit chilly during the week? I don't I don't know if there's anything you can do. You just say, hey guys, it's gonna be cold. So deal with it's, it. It's not well, I haven't played in anything that cold, but sometimes you know it, it gets kind of cold here in Monticello. It's probably 30 degrees right now, right? Where I'm at, it's probably 30 degrees. And sometimes, like, you know, when I go, I'll go work out, and when I come out of my workout. Like it's 30 degrees, but it doesn't feel like 30 degrees after you break a sweat, after you warm up a little bit. It's like, well, I could play football in this weather right now if I had to. Now, you know, 14 degrees at kickoff is a lot different than 30 <laughs> degrees. But once you start moving around and stuff and they have all kinds of stuff for the players, you got the heated benches, 
you know, they got these giant heaters there. They got those big overcoats. And then you go in and you play. So it, it's cold. And the, and the ball is going to be rock hard. And it, when you fall, you could tell. And I don't know if you noticed in the in the Bills versus Patriots game, I felt like everybody wasn't running fast. I'm like, man, why did it look like that? I'm like, man, maybe they don't want that contact because it's kind of cold out there. So they were moving that's something slow, you have to deal with man. as well. That was crazy watching Dawson Knox just toast JC Jackson. It, it just it was different how the Bills were moving faster than the Patriots on the field. Like they had better cleats in or or something. That there's there's definitely something to it. And and some teams are ready for it. And some teams um kind of fold with that with that kind of weather. Croc, did you have a chance to watch any of the broadcasts? Because I know you were there. There's a lot of fans that I saw this during the game. They got mad about um, a sideline reporter calling Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa. I think they called him Joey Bosa multiple times. And some people get mad at at, uh, at Tony Romo. I mean, I don't know. I, I usually don't get to brothers. appreciating. It's like, whatever. You make mistakes. I make mistakes all the time here. And when someone's, you know, up my well, rear what end, I say, the mistake I make is just like, ah, whatever. Someone tagged me, right? And they were like, because <laughs> I said uh, cooking on cylinders. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you're live and you're just something, you might have something in your head, and it, but it just comes out something entirely different. But once you're live, you're live. You can't, can't take it back. So uh, we, all, we all make some mistakes sometimes. Tony Absolutely. Romo, terrible, man. I thought, ter- I, thought, I thought everybody loved Tony Romo. No, tell me, I, I thought he was fine. At the very end of the game, he kind of he kind of turned into a fan. He's like, oh, no, they're going to they're gonna clock it oh oh what's happening well oh (laughs) i can't can't hate him for that necessarily because i think everyone was feeling the same thing what the hell is going on right now uh but no i I, tony rome was good he was fine he played for the cowboys you know i I thought he played it pretty straight i I didn't have any problem with the with the broadcasting team and a lot of fans get really mad at stuff like that i would just say turn it off you know listen to something else i don't know all right, Croc, we got to get out of here. Let's stick around with the chat, though, and, and get into the chat. We've got to end the, the regular portion, the audio-only portion of this podcast. I do want to thank everybody for uh, jumping into the live. If you've never jumped on one of the YouTube lives and you're listening to this in your car, um, make sure you go to youtube.com slash Lockdown49ers and hit that subscribe button, hit that bell so you know when we go live or if you listening on your way to work that's cool too we love you for it and you can find this podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps thanks for making us your first listen every single day for your second listen check out me with matt williamson on the peacock and williamson nfl show crock is doing locked on nfl draft daily it's about to be draft season although not for a little while for those 49ers pushing draft season back which i am definitely a-okay with crock and i back tomorrow It's another Winky Wednesday right here, Lockdown 49ers.